0: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Pause for a big thank you
1: to our partner making today's program possible, Easy Breathe. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, playroom, or home gym? Visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner.
2: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products.
1: A wildly popular and beautiful Seattle podcaster and her ex-Google engineer husband murdered at their $1.6 million home, but why? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thanks for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. First of all, take a listen to our friends at ABC.
3: Police say this man, 38-year-old Ramin Hodakaram Rezaei, stalked, shot, and killed podcaster Zori Sadegi and her husband
0: The shooter is not
3: detained. A neighbor says their security camera caught the commotion overnight. It was blood curdling to hear. Investigators say Hodokaram Rezaei listened to Sadegi's live podcast for people who speak Farsi looking for jobs in the tech industry and befriended her through a chat app. They communicated, but things quickly escalated.
0: In the first homicide in the city of Redmond since 2021, a crazed stalker, obsessed with a woman, killed her and her husband before turning the gun on himself.
4: This is the absolute worst outcome. Um you know, for uh, a stalking case.
0: Police Chief Daryl Lowe says this man, 38-year-old Ramine from Texas, is the suspect. He came to the neighborhood in this red truck Tuesday overnight.
4: The uh, suspect broke into the uh, home via bedroom window. Uh, that bedroom uh, being the mother's, uh, she did an- encounter the suspect. She was aware of what was occurring, uh, and she uh, knew or realized that she needed to get out and get help.
0: Police say the mother of the wife ran for her life to a neighbor's house to. Called 911. When officers arrived, the mother and neighbor led them to the home.
4: As officers approached the front of the home, a male later identified as the husband of the victim was seen in a doorway.
0: How
1: did this whole thing unfold? In a happy marriage and a wonderful podcast as it were, How did this guy get to them with me, an all-star panel, to make sense of what we know right now? But first, I'm going to go to Isabel Vincent, investigative reporter for the New York Post and author of Overture of Hope, Two Sisters' Daring Plan That Saved Opera's Jewish Stars from the Third Reich. Okay, wow to that. You can find her at IsabelVincent.com. Isabel, Thank you so much for being with us. now, I, I understand that the victim, this gorgeous young woman uh, is Zori, somehow met the killer in a podcast. I've also heard it described as a chat room. Wh- which one was it? Do you know Isabel well uh, from from everything
5: that i that I could see, it was a chat room. Um, she met him, they developed um, a kind of online friendship that um, started to turn very dark uh, when he kept calling her. Um, he started to call her husband. Um, and we're talking like at one point he called her, the, the suspect called her a hundred times a day. Um, and, you know, one of the things I want to stress is that this woman, he. She had just had back surgery and she was practically immobile. Um, So from November of 2022, uh, we see that she contacted the police because she, she started to get really concerned about this. And then at, you know, at a,
1: At one point, um, the the trucker shows up at her home with some flowers. Oh, my goodness. You know, hold on, Isabel. Guys, you're hearing the voice of Isabel Vincent. I'm sure you know her well, investigative reporter for the New York Post and author of an incredible book. With me, renowned psychologist out of Manhattan, Karen Stark, an expert in this field. You can find her at karenstark.com. That's Karen with a C. Karen... How is it that people become attached seemingly over the internet? This is, she's a, a, a well known po- podcaster, but they're in a chat room, it's where they first met. How does that intimacy bond
6: build up, or, or at least on the part of one of them? Well, it's kind of delusional, Nancy. The one person, the stalking person, the one on the internet, it begins to imagine that there's more to the relationship than is actually happening. So suppose you and I are close friends, right? And we're talking to each other. And then all of a sudden I decide that I'm your best friend. You can't be without me. I've got to be with you all the time. And it's a real attempt to control and be dependent on the other person.
1: Well, we're hearing Isabel Vincent describe how they meet in a chat room, and he identifies this podcaster, and he becomes obsessed with her. With every case, when you're trying to establish what happened, you first look at your victim. Who is your victim? Is your victim a prostitute? Is that how she met the killer? Is your victim uh, an addict? Uh, Is the killer her supplier? Is your victim a dope dealer? Is she supplying dope? Is your victim involved in any nefarious activity? You look at that first, and believe me, this woman was examined every which way. Take a listen to our friend Dave Mack at CrimeOnline.com.
7: Zora Sadegi and her husband, Mohammed Nasari were active on social media. They posted about their love of science fiction. They posted about progressive politics and human rights in Iran. They posted about their love of technology. Both Sadegi and Naseri were software engineers. Naseri blogged about his efforts to get a job at Google. In 2017, he did. And he worked there for five years before going to Amazon. Sadegi worked at Promontory Mortgage Path until it closed doors late last year. While Sadegi has been looking for a new job, she was also a podcaster of sorts. Curating a chat room on the app Clubhouse for Farsi speaking individuals who, like Sadegi, were trying to find jobs in the tech world. To say the couple was successful would be accurate. Married since 2011, they bought a $1.6 million home in Redmond, Washington, famous for being the site of Microsoft's headquarters.
1: You know, when it's put like that, Isabel Vincent, joining us from the New York Post, they sound like a perfect couple. I mean, I know, believe me, I know Isabel from trying so many homicides. When you look at people on the outside, it looks like a Hallmark movie, but it's not always that way. I mean, look at her. She looks like a model. The beautiful brown eyes, the perfect brows, her hair's back in a, as my daughter calls it, a messy bun. Perfect teeth. I mean, she's gorgeous. The husband also handsome, and these beautiful futures in front of them. You know who it's reminding me of, Isabel? It's reminding me of Scott Peterson. Because I was at the trial every day, and many people, Isabel, not me, but many people, thought Scott Peterson is so handsome. He's got a college degree. He's got this beautiful, perfect smile. Uh, He's a golf Phenom, he's got this beautiful wife and home. Okay, I'll admit, I looked in the windows of the home. It looked like um, a dollhouse, Isabel. It was beautifully decorated. Lacey Peterson had done this beautiful job on it. They're expecting their first child, a baby boy, loving in-laws and parents. I mean, it was perfect, right? And then pops up the picture of Amber Fry who I've spoken to many times, a lovely young woman, beautiful mistress. She had no idea he was married. So what I'm saying is they look great, and they have this awesome up-and-coming career happening to them, and a $1.6 million home, I mean, You'd think what could go wrong? Am I am I missing something, Isabel? Is there something dark or nefarious going on in their lives that we don't know about? No, I think they were the successful
5: couple. I mean, looking back at public records, they bought their they bought their home um, in uh, April of 2021. Um, the home's beautiful. It has two fireplaces. It has a bar, a beautiful deck, um, several bedrooms in a in a very posh neighborhood. Uh, and they, it looks like they have been in the United States since about 2015. That's the earliest record. Right
1: there, Isabel. I know you're an incredible investigative reporter and now author, but I need to shrink quickly. Karen Stark, um, do you remember, I don't know if it's still on the air, maybe in reruns somewhere, Jackie, maybe you or Sydney no. The Martha Stewart uh, show, a program that would come on in the afternoons had to be a really long time ago because I would watch it when I was trying cases. And and this is why Karen Stark, she had some kind of, oh, was it Turkey Hill or Turkey Farm or something like that where she had a, please look it up. I need to remember. Anyway, it was beautiful and she's perfect. And she would make all these, you know, special dishes and decorating tips. And I would be sitting there surrounded by homicide trial files and for 30 minutes i would just be lost in this world okay same thing happens when i go on zilla okay and i look at all these times like wow that'd be a great backyard for the twins or this or that or i could just see us all gathered around this table or that that den looks so great with the the huge screen tv do you hear isabel vincent describing their home i do yeah and i'm thinking wow that sounds great and You know, it's just shattered by this crazy person, and I'm saying crazy in the lay sense, not the legal sense, that comes and ruins their life. Did you hear what she said? Nothing nefarious. They're just minding their business. Isabel Vincent actually just scared me because it's like no matter what you do right you can still be a victim. Nancy, oh, you will have- oh, wait, I think I hear someone jumping in. It's got to be either Dr. Jensen, Lee Newbecker, Paul Zyke, or Matthew Mangino. Who is it? I'm betting on Mangino.
8: Well, it wasn't me, Nancy, but I would like to say that, you know, oftentimes when we look at uh, victims, we, we look for a connection somehow, uh, you know, something that they did that, that may have put them in a situation where they were in peril. But it appears in this case that that there is nothing that these um, this young
9: couple did to put themselves in peril. Uh, you know, oh, I disagree. Well, I, I, dis, I disagree. This is Lee yeah. Newbecker.
1: Jump in. Guys, with me is Lee Newbecker. President of Enigma Forensics. That sounds impressive. I can't really tell what that means, but I like Enigma and I like forensics. He's at enigmaforensics.com. Lee, go ahead.
9: Yeah, well, if you're going to be online, once you put your personal cell phone number out there, you open yourself to mass surveillance. Nancy, I think they called me. Well, just let me finish here in the chat rooms people commonly share things you can find if you have your personal phone number out online you can quickly locate where someone lives. Nancy your assistant that I spoke with I showed her a picture of her home I showed her a limited amount of how you can be stalked.
1: whoa wait a minute wait 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 who are we talking about? Rachel. Our booker Okay, perv. Quit looking Rachel up online. Right there.
9: I was demonstrating to her that she should get a, a burner phone or a Google phone number to act as a buffer. Hey,
1: question to you, Lee Neubecker. Lee, you're absolutely right. I assume you've read Don't Be a Victim by Myself, which talks about online dating and what you should and should not do. Same goes for everybody. So question to you, and I want you to answer this once and for all. Can an address be tracked through a cell phone? Yes. Yes. A lot of people think it's got to be a landline. That's absolutely not true. You're absolutely right.
9: You can quickly see on Facebook all your friends and family, and people can blackmail and extort you. So you've really got to be careful with your number.
10: That's how I find people. Yes, it is. Um I I tend to agree. Um, You know, the reality is the um, algorithms that are out there today are always looking to connect data points. They take a phone number with an address and they put it together. And I can tell you in the 10 years of directly mitigating stalking suspects from killing women that they're threatening to kill every single time that suspect had information that the victim did not think that they had and as a matter of fact swore that they didn't have access to but they did
5: right that's how journalists track people all the time is looking through the friends You know, that's how I do it looking through friends and comments on Facebook and all social media I mean people don't think that that, that you can actually trace
1: a whole life through that and I end up doing that every day guys yeah, so you're hearing the voice of investigative reporter for the New York Post Isabel Vincent and she's absolutely right I want to get back to who are the victims in this case? Take another listen to Dave Mack from CrimeOnline.com.
7: Sadeghi's chat room on Clubhouse opened her life to many new contacts. One of those was trucker Ramin Kodaram Razahi. He began taking part in the online chat room in late 2021. The trucker started emailing Sadegi and messaging her to talk about the podcast. It wasn't long until the new friendship took a bad turn. Ram Razahi escalated his contact to the point where Sadegi became uncomfortable with the content of the messages and how often. Once, he reportedly called Sadegi over 100 times in a single day. Sadegi tried to cut off contact. She blocked him on WhatsApp, Telegram, Instagram, and on her phone calls application, but he began to start contacting Nazari. There were also reports that he would show up at the couple's home unannounced with gifts. Sadegi filed for a restraining order.
1: Karen Stark, psychologist, joining us out of Manhattan. Karen, when you, for instance, like she did, blocked him on Insta, Facebook, Twitter, does that enrage the person, or does that
6: help? Well, I mean, you want to do it, but it does enrage the person, because he already is feeling rejected. He decided that he had a close relationship with her, and so... In their friendship, all of a sudden, she's rejecting him. And look at this, Nancy. He's able to get in touch with her husband, who is making an attempt to be kind to this guy and explain that she's allowed to reject him, but he's turned this into he's in love with her, and she does not want him. And what did he do wrong?
1: Hey, let me go to Isabel
6: Vincent. What is Clubhouse?
1: what what is that
5: uh clubhouse it, it it's like an online chat room uh, where people get together and exchange you know all sorts of information
1: so this is a form of a chat room and can I tell you something I'm all for chat rooms I was in a chat room when I had the twins and I was trying to find out tips for how to feed them how to get them on the same sleeping schedule and it was very very helpful and I made some actually lifelong friends in there but It's very, um, Matthew Mangino, former prosecutor and author of The Executioner's Toll. Listen to this. The crimes, arrests, trials, appeals, and last meals and final words of 46 people in the U.S. I read it just because I wanted to find out about the last meals. That said, uh, I didn't listen to the last words, Mangino, because I knew they were probably all lies anyway. Like, I didn't do it, that kind of thing. Mangino, uh, these chat rooms... While I have been in chat rooms anonymously before, I have had so many cases linked back to chat rooms. Jackie, can we even count, just off the top of our heads, how many people were identified and stalked through chat rooms? Oh, my gosh, no. Especially young girls, but because those are the ones we typically cover because they're so easy to victimize. But, Matthew, chat rooms they're like the devil's spawn.
8: Well, right. I mean there's there's no question that there are predators in chat. Uh, people who are trying to uh you know make some connection with people because they have some uh you know criminal intent. They have some uh idea that they that they want to Uh, take advantage of whether it's young people or vulnerable people or just generally people who are on the internet. But, but, you know, the the thing that that concerns me is certainly you need to be careful, but, but um, you know, just because someone has a digital footprint, just because somebody has their name out there and is, and is in a chat room, uh, you know, uh, overseeing some conversation or has a, a podcast in which they express certain views doesn't mean that that person uh, necessarily, uh, you know, should be fearful that, that they're going that there's some predator out there who's going to come after them, or that they shouldn't have that digital footprint. They shouldn't be involved, uh, uh, you know, on, on the internet because they could become a victim.
1: But you know what? You know what, Matthew Mangino, you are reminding me of something my husband does, and now my son's doing it. I immediately called him on it. For instance, I'll say. Could you speed up? You're driving like a grandma. Okay, you're going 19 miles an hour. I can see that on my ways. Speed up. And he goes, well, do you want me to run those people down in the crosswalk? I'm like, isn't there a happy medium? Can you go faster than 19 miles an hour and not run over the people in this crosswalk? So Paul Zeit with me, former police commander Albuquerque uh star of their domestic violence and stalking unit and author of Stop Him From Killing Them. You can find them at StopHimFromKillingThem.com. Paul Zyke, there's got to be a happy medium when you're in a chat
10: room. You know, there there is. And uh, the thing I have to disagree with Matthew is that, you know, you have to realize what society is and who's out there.
1: Yeah, I heard him say that Paul said you shouldn't be afraid of everybody in the chat room. Why not?
10: Go ahead. I'm telling you right now that um you know what what's happened with the internet and social media and you name it is it's connected everyone to everyone and not everyone is of sound mind, not everyone um you know has even common sense. And in this case, the obsession, the unbelievable, relenting obsession. And some of the statements that were made directly to the husband were extreme red flags. And you got to be ready for that if you're going to put yourself out there.
1: Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible, Easy Breathe. Are you spending more time in your basement Now that it's your rec room, office, playroom, or home gym, well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed or do-it-yourself kits available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner.
2: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products.
11: So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
1: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I want to go to Lee Neubecker, President Enigma Forensics. Lee, as all of my coworkers, friends, and family know, after the after one phone call, on the second call, I'm like, what did you not tell me the first time? What? Don't look at me like that, Jackie. Because by the second phone call, I'm like, what? Because I assume there's... But this woman's getting hundreds and hundreds, a barrage of calls and emails and texts every day. Amazing. Now, I was looking for a little more from you, like how to not let that happen. Yes. Well, certainly,
9: like like, like I recommended, all your staff, they should be using... Buffer phone numbers when they're calling even prospective guests on the phone. because
1: Oh, and you know what? I'm glad you said that, buffer phone. There's actually an app, is there not, Lee Newbecker, where you can keep your same phone. You don't have to run out and get a burner phone. But you can have another phone number on your phone and use that for... People, you don't want to have your phone number and your regular phone number for everybody else. Isn't that true? Yeah.
9: Yeah, there's an app called Burner that's available on both the iPhone and the the Android phone platform. That's the
1: name of the app, Burner? Yep.
9: And it's a subscription a year, but I'm sure you'll want to pay for that $20 or so for the app for your staff just to protect them. Because that number, when you look it up, the Burner numbers, I can't find anything off the Burner phone. But once you use your real cell phone then people can surveil you and you don't want people knowing who your kids are and i, I mean nancy you're a high profile person if someone wants to to stalk you they're going to stalk your family but you know your family has to be careful too with their online footprint um you know using pseudonames for facebook you know if you're going to use your real cell phone number on facebook just know that if anyone gets that number they can quickly, they can see more data about you because Facebook assumes that they're trusted if they have your phone number in their contact list.
1: Yeah, and that's what Isabel Vincent was just telling us, author and investigative reporter in New York Post. That's how she finds people when they don't want to be found, how she finds out about them. Dr. Jeffrey Jensen joining me, Professor of Forensic Pathology, Director of Autopsy and Forensic Services, University of Michigan Medical School and medical former medical examiner, Milwaukee County, Wisconsin, Doctor Jensen, let's bring it all home. We're talking about meeting people in chat rooms and hiding your phone numbers. How did these two victims die?
3: Well, it sounds like it was uh, uh, gunshot wounds uh, uh, that were uh, that were um, inflicted. Uh, I, I, even it sounds like uh, the the um, the husband was seen uh, in front of the house. And I guess my question is: is where is law enforcement during this period of time? Where uh, this poor woman's being um, stalked.
1: I can answer that, Dr. Jeffrey Jensen. Remind me to circle back to Jensen on the COD cause of death and what they endured. Let's answer Dr. Jeffrey Jensen's very astute question. Take a listen now
11: to Kanye Whitworth. GMA. Police say that Ramin Kudaram Razahi met Zori Sadegi under false pretenses on the popular streaming forum Clubhouse. Sadegi initially befriending the suspect, thinking he was looking for a tech job, even meeting him in person, but eventually he became fixated.
4: His actions and activity uh, escalated such that the victim became concerned for her safety. Numerous times throughout 2022,
11: By December, she reported him to police, and earlier this month, she applied for a protection
1: order. Oh, my goodness. Thinking she was helping him pursue a tech job. They meet in this chat room on Clubhouse. She actually met him for lunch, to lunch or coffee, to talk to him at his request about finding a job in the tech world. Now take a listen to our friends at K-I-R-O-7.
12: The suspect had been stalking Zoe Ray for more than a year.
4: So uh, as I understand it, uh, in one of the reports, she reported uh, over 100 contacts in, uh, in a single day. Zoe Ray is a
12: software engineer who ran a live podcast-style chat account on the platform Clubhouse. Police say that's where the suspect, who is from Texas, met her. and developed into a stalking situation that rapidly escalated. The couple got a protection order against the suspect, 38-year-old, Ramin Kota Karam Razari. court documents show pages and pages of instances of the suspect contacting Zoe and her family and friends even coming
4: to their home. There were uh, instances where the uh, individual uh, did show up at the location previously. Uh, bearing gifts.
1: How far did he have to travel to Isabel Vincent, investigative reporter, New York Post and author? How far did he have to travel to get to her? Well,
5: he was living in Houston.
1: Um, and um,
5: so um, <laughs> so quite far. Um, and one of the things that hasn't been mentioned is that that order of protection was not served on him because the police said uh, that, well, he's a trucker. It's hard to pin him
1: down. Um, so that was one of the, the, the problems in this case. And when you are you get a P, uh, protective order, PO, TPO, in one state, here they are in uh, Redmond, and he is in Texas, you have to get cooperation of Texas authorities or wherever the suspect is living. And for them, unless they know any better, it's not a priority.
9: This is Lee, and it's total BS that they can't find a trucker. They all have all trackers. All law enforcement has to do is go to their employer and say, where is he? Period.
1: Exactly. It's just that simple. But from state to state, for instance, Redmond needed to communicate to Houston how important this was, and then they needed help. Because, hey, look, cops are trying to track down murderers and rapists and child molesters and armed robberies, and they get a notice, hey, here's a TPO, find the guy and serve him. That's like way out on the list. Who's jumping in? Go ahead. Isabel. Mm -hmm. uh, Isabel, Go ahead, Isabel.
5: um, One thing also, his background, I mean, I did a quick background check of him, and um, his uh, former wife, a woman named Neda Mizbahi, um, she – uh, she sued him for divorce in January of 2018. There were children involved. Gee, I wonder why. And there were allegations of, you know, domestic abuse. So here's like a profile
1: that, you know, maybe the police didn't take seriously. I don't know. Hey, Karen Stark, you know who this is reminding me of? I know you're going to remember this woman, Lisa Nowak, the astronaut, the female astronaut. Yes. So she yes. has an affair with her love object, who actually get later gets a, a a girlfriend? She travels all the way across the country, wearing adult diapers, so she doesn't have to slow down. Her name is forever linked with adult diapers. That's true. So she can attack the girlfriend, like her love. I'm just gonna go. Oh well, she's dead now. I'll be with you. It didn't work out that way at all, but someone's so obsessed, they're willing to drive thousands of miles
6: to get to you. Go ahead, Karen Stark. Well, it's not logical, Nancy, because they're not thinking sanely the way that we would be. They're actually believing that there's more happening, that there's more closeness and intimacy than actually exists. And unfortunately, in this case, no one took it seriously enough.
1: Well, wait a minute. They did go to court to get that protection order, and that takes them doing, yet then... It wasn't delivered. Guys,
12: listen to Dee's Sun. The victim shares her fears, saying, messages to me have been the cause of anxiety and insomnia for me. They include him crying and begging for me to pick up, him threatening to burn himself and the tree in front of my house. She also says, Mr. Kota Karam Razari has bursts of anger and is completely delusional. These delusions make me fear for my life and the lives of my loved ones. And there's more. Listen to GMA. The
11: order detailing a pattern of disturbing behavior, including calling Sadegi 100 times in a single day, crying and begging to speak to her, showing up unannounced at a convention she attended in Colorado, even threatening to burn himself and the tree in front of Sadegi's house. The software developer calling the alleged stalker delusional, writing, he won't let me go, and the only thing that will make all of this stop is if he killed himself or died. Now on uh, our friend
1: Frank Thompson describes voicemails left even hiring a jazz band to play outside the victim's home. Listen
0: The petition for a protection order filed on March 3rd says Ramin would leave the woman voicemails more than 10 times a week, sending gifts and flowers to her home, even saying he hired a jazz band to play outside her house for two hours, but then called it off. The documents say the suspect would also leave her husband 20 messages a day. He even found her friend's addresses and phone numbers without their permission.
1: You know what? Everybody on this panel is correct. This was of the highest priority, but according to authorities, they couldn't quote pin him down. Take a listen to Fox 13.
0: Chief Lowe says it was challenging serving the order to remain because he was a long haul truck driver, always traveling the country for
4: work. It was difficult to, I'll say pin him down to a location. It wasn't as though he was local and we had a local address to where we could uh, either do surveillance or find him, serve the protective order, etc. He was in a different state, traveled across the country as part of his employment. So that was the uh, the biggest challenge.
1: You can get it installed or do-it-yourself kits available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner.
2: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry.
11: ZUMO Play. Crime Stories
0: with Nancy Grace. Chief Lowe says it was challenging serving the order to remain because he was a long haul truck driver, always traveling the country for work.
4: It was difficult to, I'll say, pin him down to a location. It wasn't as though he was local and we had a local address to where we could uh, either do surveillance or find him, but serve the people, et cetera. He was in a different state, traveled across the country as part of his employment. So that was the, uh, the biggest challenge.
1: I believe I heard someone say BS, which I agree was
9: that. Yeah, this is Lee. Newbecker from Enigma Forensics. And I want to comment on something. We live in one of the most surveilled environments ever. You boot your laptop, it takes a picture of your face. It does vector facial recognition. There's ability out there. The NSA could find it. Why aren't we using the means here? If we're
10: going to be surveilled, let's at least stop the crime.
1: Is this Paul or Matthew?
10: It's Paul. Go ahead. So this is why I wrote the book. You know, law enforcement is reactionary. Um, at its very core, you call, we come, we fix, we leave. Um, the reality is, stalking offenders—they—they—they um, they, they fit into a category of of very violent individuals that we don't understand. One, this happened over a full year. Two, it started consensually. Three, it started to ratchet into an area of obsession, focused aggression, and threats to kill. Now, he threatened to kill himself mm-hmm. first and so that's the only way it would stop when you start hearing threats to kill and it's in and around stalking cases there's been many studies that say 90 percent of the time when a woman is murdered it's the man who's stalking her and i wrote the book to help cops prosecutors judges and everyone understand these people mean what they say
1: dr jeffrey jensen with me uh, autopsy and forensic expert dr jensen I know that you have conducted many, many thousands of autopsies. And typically, homicide victims are women, minorities, and children. Many of the women, I would say the vast majority of women, are killed by someone already in their lives. It's not like an unknown uh, attacker ambushes them on the sidewalk. Yes, that does happen.
3: The typical domestic um, killing is the person, uh, uh close to the individual. Uh, many times there's, um, what I would describe as overkill, uh, some demonstration of, uh, you know, facial and head trauma that the individual is actually trying to, trying to destroy the image. I guess that being said, um, what kind, and with all the threats, what kind of, of, um, actions did did this family take to protect themselves well
1: another great question by dr jeffrey jensen take a listen to our cut 10
12: I R O. the police chief says they were trying to track down the suspect to serve an arrest warrant and that protection order today this vehicle was towed from the neighborhood Police believe it's what the suspect was driving last.
4: This is the absolute worst outcome.
12: And the suspect was a trucker and police say that made it difficult to pinpoint his location. The chief says the detectives had been working with the couple to tighten security at this home, like doing things like adding cameras and say that they did everything right, trying to protect themselves. And more from Kyra, listen. And that suspect, we are told, broke into the couple's home through a bedroom window. You can see this is still a very active scene, crime scene tape, as well as police still here. That is the home we are talking about. I'm told the victim's mom managed to escape to a neighbor's house to call 911, but police believe the couple was shot by that suspect.
4: This is every uh, victim, every detective, every police chief's worst nightmare.
12: The murder victims are Redmond residents, 33-year-old Zovray Sadegi, and her husband, 35-year-old Mohammed Milad Nassari. It's shocking. It
3: just seems unreal that something like this could happen in
1: our neighborhood. Matthew Mangino with me, former felony prosecutor, now author. Matthew Mangino, it seems to me the couple did everything
8: right well they, they did what they needed to do and that was to seek a protective order uh but you know nancy there's nothing magical about a protective order uh you know certainly it, it gives the authorities some leverage if if this uh suspect would come around their home but if you're if you're a crazed obsessed individual um you're, you're going to defy that protective order whether you know it's there or you don't and i'm really concerned that that Was there enough done in terms of law enforcement getting an arrest warrant, getting that warrant out uh, where uh, authorities in other states, whether it's Texas, where he resided or other places, are are looking for him as someone who's been charged with a crime? A, A protective order is a civil Uh, order. Um, Certainly it's of great concern, but it doesn't have the same effect necessarily on law enforcement as an active warrant for somebody's arrest.
1: Well, I'm curious why he wasn't charged with stalking, the felony of stalking. Isabel Vincent, joining me from the New York Post, and you can read her book, Overture of Hope. Isabel, I'm curious why he wasn't charged with the felony of stalking. With a grand jury, that takes about literally five minutes, and then there would have been a warrant for his arrest. And we know what vehicle he's driving. Uh, You know, I can't answer that, but, you
5: know, if you read her, you know, if you read some of the things he said, and, again, I stress that she's much more of a vulnerable victim here because she's recovering from back surgery. She can barely move. And she says at one point, I haven't been able to open the curtains in my bedroom out of fear of him being outside watching me. I mean, how much more do you need than that? Um, you know, for the for the police
10: to, to to take more action. We we should have been pinging that phone, Nancy, and knowing where he is from the pings on his cell phone. In addition to that, something you see systemically throughout the nation. We're not doing surveillance like we need to be. If you're not in front of that house as that red truck pulls up to do what he's going to do, you're you're out of the game. And and surveillance on the ho- on the home would certainly have had the best opportunity to stop this individual. And the ping would give you an idea when he was starting to close distance. We didn't do it.
1: You know, I I read that quote. He threatened to end her marriage, Isabel Vincent. I assume that is the suspect threatened to end the victim's marriage. Yes. And he actually, he, he said
5: to her, you know, I'm, you know, I, my other marriage um, ended because of domestic abuse. I'm a violent person. Like he, he told her all of these things. Uh, And, you know, again, uh, where was the where was the alarm uh, on the part of the authorities? And maybe one one of the other
1: things they could have done is hired private security. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. Dr. Jeffrey Jensen, what did these victims experience as they died? Uh, you, you, you've heard Isabel describing uh, the female victim Zori's back surgery. She could even move when she was murdered
3: well I would imagine there was just a feeling of total um uh, uh, surrender uh panic and just a impending uh horror of their impending deaths and um, you know without uh, personal protection or uh, some other uh, knowledge that there was help on the way um, they would have just had a, a total uh, feeling of of um, of of loss and uh, the inability to protect themselves.
1: The thought that this could have been stopped if a formal stalking felony had been lodged against him and then he would have been out on a warrant, not a TPO, Temporary Protective Order, coulda, woulda, shoulda. There's nothing we can do now. The victims are dead. He's dead. He took his own life. So there will be no justice. All we can do is think about how we can protect other people from this happening to them. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible, Easy Breathe. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room Visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner.
2: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at TrinitySchool.org. That's TrinitySchool.org.
1: Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing.